This week on the show, I'm talking with Camo Lionheart and Justin Bonnell. Uh, Camo, you might recognize the name. He's been on a couple times, but this is the first time for Justin. Uh, so I just finished a six-week men's circle hosted by these two gentlemen, and it was a beautiful experience. had a, an amazing uh, breakthroughs for myself and was able to witness uh, some breakthroughs from some other brothers. And so today, wanted to bring them on to talk about what that six-week container looked like what drew them to want to do men's work and what they're doing with that work and that knowledge now that they have it. Uh, it's beautiful work. It's not just men's work. We're going to talk about men's work today, but work is work, whether you're a man, woman, whatever you identify as there's work that we have to do as human beings, find the container to do that work. This is one of those containers. Hope you enjoy the conversation. All right. Welcome back to our show. Uh, today on Journey of the Modern Soul, I'm talking with two beautiful human beings, uh, Mr. Camo Lionheart and Justin Bonnell. Uh, Camo and Justin are two of the facilitators that uh, just finished our men's group. Uh, we had a six-week uh, six men's uh, container that we were holding, and Justin and Camo were the facilitators and guided us through this beautiful, beautiful experience for six weeks with about six to eight other guys. And, um, and so the purpose for today was really to talk to y'all about the experience you had in the, in the, um, the men's container that we held and also to, uh, to give our listeners a little bit of understanding about what kind of work that can be done. This is uh, men's work, but this is also work that can be done, you know, cross, cross cultural, right? You know, it can be women's work, it can be men's work. Uh, I think it's the idea of just doing work in general, right? So working on ourselves is something we all have to do. We all have some kind of trauma. We all have some kind of pain that we've we experienced in our life. And at the time where we're able to explore that, these are really good opportunities to do it. So doing it with a group of people, whether it's same gender, whether it's just a safe container, find your work, right? Um, so guys, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, brother. Yes. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, so, Camo, you might recognize his voice. He's been on two times before. Uh, this will be his third time on. Uh, Justin, I'm so happy to have you on for the first time, brother. Yeah, man, really appreciate it. Hopefully first of many, man. Um, so, I will start off by just saying that I was very hesitant about doing this men's group. And it was for my own reasons. Um, I can give you a litany of things. I uh, didn't have the time, didn't have the energy. Um, didn't want, want to give the focus, um, and, uh, and to be 100% transparent, the reason I said yes was because of you, Camo. We're homies. We're dear friends. I want to support you in any way that I can. I love the shit out of you. I love the path that you're on. Um, and knowing that you were bringing another brother on, Justin, who I've not met, who I had not met before, um, and putting that trust that you know what you're doing and that, you know, there's, there's trust that we need to just put out into the world and i proxied that trust through camo Yay. and uh and that first session we did was a free was an open one right so mm -hmm. i guess it was technically seven weeks first one was an open one um and it was such a fucking breath of fresh air man it was so beautiful and i, I appreciated you guys so much for that um and even going into that first free one i'm sitting in my meditation beforehand like fuck this I got other shit to do. I got so much shit to do. I've got podcasts to edit. I've got clients to book, blah, blah, blah. And then finally my consciousness was like, Sh you shut up. Shut the F up, Adam. Get in, get on that call. Hit fucking enter on your Zoom and just sit there and see what happens. And it was fucking beautiful. So I thank you so much for holding that space for us for those seven weeks. Um, 
what uh do you mind if i ask you guys kind of what drew you to the understanding of wanting to do some kind of work self-work men's work what you know what were those steps for you let's justin want to start off yeah so for me i started men's work about two years ago and before that i would say i was interested in personal development predominantly in the form of reading Mm. and my own meditation practice But what men's work really did for me was show me a way to connect to other humans. Mm -hmm. And that was something I had not done prior to two years ago, was really be in a vulnerable space. And um, in men's work, we talk about the lone wolf a lot. Mm -hmm. And my form of that was to try to be doing the work, but to do it myself in my own own world. Um, It was was too scary to be exposed Mm -hmm. and... and, uh, really never occurred to me so uh and then the initiator was really an initiation as far as a life initiation with a a difficult breakup I went through Mm -hmm. that um in the process of that working with a relationship coach pointed out to me that I didn't have many men in my life and shared the mankind project and um initiate yes sparked an interest to me to sit in a, a mankind open circle and kind of spooled from there um but yeah through the through the dark phases of the breakup the Mm -hmm. the that's where i really got hooked because i've never been held like that through difficult times yeah i think that's uh that's a really good point a lot of us um you know our parents do the best they can you know and and but a lot of times what i've found with myself the the vocabulary word that i love is reparenting you know, as we get mm-hmm. to a point to understanding that there, there, there's things that we missed in our growing up and by no fault of anybody's again, you know, what there's a small percentage of people that are really out to do nefarious type things. But for the most part, people are just trying to do the best they can with what they got. You know, it's hard to judge that. Um, and so when we get to the point finally where we realize like, shit, man, there's some stuff to work on that whole reparenting idea really landed for me, you know, like, okay, so I'm responsible for my bedtime. I'm responsible for my nutrition. I'm responsible for paying my bills. Like, fuck. All right, cool. Let's do this, right? And a lot of times people didn't have that luxury to have a parent that really taught them the importance of that structure. And Mm -hmm. maybe that structure is not important for everybody, but some kind of a structure of a human life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one thing, because I I describe it as initiation, and one one principle from looking at initiations in the past is that it actually wasn't the parent's responsibility to cause that separation and bring a boy into man. Mm -hmm. And, um, so unfortunately I never received that. And so it came in the form of a lot of pain and a lot of, um, but so beautiful to be pulled into that. And yeah, from the simple stuff, like you say, of, of making my bed or doing my bills, like things changed for me over the course of that to where I I started to feel responsibility. Um, yeah, that's beautiful. Very beautiful. Uh, did that initially lead you to, I know you said the Mankind Project, is that a, uh, like a, an umbrella of Sacred Sons? No, so Mankind Project is a different men's work organization. Um, I, they, they have their own uh, initiatory weekend. I haven't had a chance to do that yet, but there's a, a really awesome open circle that I sat in for, for many months. Um, and I've also done a, a few different online experiences with mankind project um you know my men's work i've kind of it's been cool because i've had a pretty wide array of men's work experience in the last couple years so Mm -hmm. from that open circle 
I did a 12-week online initiation um, in, a, in a handful of other different circles, so I feel like I was kind of exposed to a, a wide range. Mm. Um, but Sacred Sons, for me, was what uh, for sure pushed me into this much leadership of holding space in the, in the facilitator role, and that came in the form of um, a, a weekend trip and the Convergence 6 with Sacred mm -hmm. Sons. Mm -hmm really deep experience there's plenty we could talk about there but from that they offered their leadership training one mm -hmm. and you know i don't know something pulled me to it something was like i think at that point i had been doing enough work on myself and i kind of went through these different phases where like i say when it started it was like i need healing i need support i need help and then there was a transition into where it became, I don't know, moving forward, like moving into the next phases of my life and into more power and more, mm. what do I want to do next? And I think it just, something stuck with me about joining LT1 that was like, it's time to learn skills to bring this to other men. Mm. And then we've talked to Camo and I have talked about like leadership shows up in all areas of our life right mm -hmm. so what i've learned to facilitate the men's council is really just practice for me to facilitate so to speak in all areas of my life leading I'm yourself leading myself first yeah, yeah exactly one. like i a lot i mean yes i love that because and that's one thing that came through a lot with lt1 was like it's not some thing to learn that we're going to go bring to to a men's council it's what i've experienced mm -hmm. so and that was huge for me to have someone telling me that what i've experienced and what i already know the experiences i've already been through are things i can convert into medicine and experiences for other men mm -hmm. so that was i mean it was so much empowerment from albert as mm -hmm. the leader of my group there because that was the message of lt1 was like just do it yeah. You've got it. You've been through it. Mm -hmm. And so all the experiences that I brought through into the council were just practices that had been Im impactful to me in my experience. And yeah. um, and I got a little push to, mm -hmm. to put myself out there and deliver them. Yeah. Well, when, you know, it, this is something I was taught in, in teacher training for yoga and, um, and it, maybe not specifically yoga, but this is where it was drilled in. And, uh, and man, it's such a beautiful thing to take across your entire life. But to speak to what you're saying is when we, when we can teach from a place of our authenticity, like the pain, the suffering, the challenges, the successes of our own personal experiences, there's so much beauty to that. And there's so much resonance in another human being that can see that, that, that this is your story that you're not only currently working through, but you've lived, right? And this is your experiences and mm -hmm. this is where this stuff lands. And that authenticity, you can't fake that, you yeah. know, and that's where that vulnerability comes from. And that's where the passion drives. And that's where you start to get those magnetic nicks of like, okay, cool. Like that person's doing some cool shit. I kind of want what that person has. Let's talk, you know, let's, let's dig into that brain and see what the hell they've done to find the peace that they found that I'm not even knowing that I don't even have, yeah. you know, there's so much beauty in that. Mm. Very cool. Yeah. That sounds like uh, embodiment. <laughs> which we'll talk about in a bit i'm sure most definitely so cam what about you man what uh what brought you onto this path absolute freaking necessity <laughs> <laughs> um 
yeah, this path was so necessary just from being so disconnected, mm. disconnected from the people around me during addiction and substance abuse where, I don't know, I've talked about it before on the podcast, but like, who am I if I'm using and who are the people around me if they're using too? Do right. we even actually get to be authentically real with each other? Right. Do I actually know you brothers if we were sitting at a bar drinking the whole night? Mm -hmm. Instead, we choose to spend a couple hours a week together on a call fully present and revealed mm -hmm. in a sense. Um from our heart space and yeah. that's why it's so resonant for you and why that first call which i was like if adam joins the first call he'll be on all six yeah. <laughs> uh, all six of the next glad ones. you know me better than um, I do. <laughs> just because the work is so powerful and you know the necessity really for me into men's work specifically came from inconsistency of my father's mm specifically my first father and then all of the other opportunities for father figures to show up. And I feel like this goes across the board to everybody, especially men. But in my, my experience, um, none of them could reach my level of expectation that I had for them. Mm. Okay. And I think that goes for all children, for their parents. Like, oh, you didn't do this, you didn't do that. And I felt ignored. Now I have an abandon abandonment wound um, or what, whatever the array of mistaken beliefs that might come up mm -hmm. from those interactions with parents. Um, and that creates the patterns in the life, in my life, where, oh, this relationship ended horribly. This relationship ended smoothly, but... All of them are ending, and I am the consistency within these. Right. Okay, my pattern of reacting and or removing myself from being present mm -hmm. was really a catalyst to go, oh, yeah, I'm doing yoga, but there's more. Right. That's where breathwork came in. That's where the total need for brotherhood came in. Yeah. Um, because similar to Justin, I had you, Adam. That's a lot to put on one person. I don't have any other men in my life, only you. <laughs> you have to be there all the time for me. <laughs> um, and men's, men's work, I'd been not introduced, but um, invited to some Mankind Project stuff, and it didn't necessarily resonate with me, and seeing the Sacred Sons work mm -hmm. and how much their work is about embodiment, about physicality, about engagement and connection, not not solely heart and cerebral, but mm -hmm. actually in the physical body. And for a lot of my work, it's all about what's the body communicating mm -hmm. and how can we utilize these sensations as tools to know ourselves better? Right. And through Sacred Sons and moving some of that really stuck energy, especially through father wounding, um, yeah, there was a clarity that came in. I received a new voice after Sacred roaring my old voice to completion. Yeah. 
not being able to talk for a few days and yep. um that's where lionheart birthed right yeah and i'm a leo yeah so it was like it was always kind of there yeah um and it's just that specifically is like a way that i want to show up so having that yeah. as like a compass um but yeah i never roared like that and i don't think many of us get the chance to or get told that it's okay to yeah yeah i think you know for me personally i remember the first time i was in a yoga class and we did lion's breath and i was like i don't feel comfortable at all doing mm-hmm. this like i've basically been not in, in by no means have anybody told like my mom or my dad they're like don't mm-hmm. yell don't be aggressive but like basically like i was growing growing up seeing the aggressive side of a male right mm-hmm. and so like i think part of me wanted to diminish that and it yeah. still does you know i don't feel comfortable being aggressive mm-hmm. Um, I've only been in fights that were to help others get out of fights. You know, those were places I worked at. So I never like got physically into a fight. Um, so for me to, to let that go and to Mm -hmm. just to be primal with that just felt so uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and to be frank, it still does. Yeah. There's, there's few things in life that I've worked on that still just haven't stuck. Embracing that primal energy is one Mm -hmm. and the other is ecstatic dance. I just don't feel comfortable at all. Like when we did our ecstatic dance exercise, we'll go over this in a little bit deeper, but I felt so awkward. I was trying to be out of screen the entire time. I'm like, no, I've just, I've floated over here and I'm dancing over. No, look, here's an arm. I'm being free I'm over here. Arm, you know? <laughs> like, fuck, man, I felt so awkward. So yeah. there's still those things that, you know, no matter what, the, the work that we do, there's still things that are going to be challenging. You know, there's going to be that hardship that we find. Mm-hmm. And maybe that, you know, maybe I'll find comfort ecstatically dancing in front of people and maybe I won't. But I think just the work that you're trying to do, the attention you're putting towards it, Let's it not hide in the shadows, mm. you know. Um, yeah. I talked about the concept a couple of weeks back of being healed with the ED at the end. You're like, done, healed, I'm fucking done. Finally. <laughs> I have no idea if that's even a fathomable concept to me, you know. It's like, I'm done. All the trauma is done. It's like, then tomorrow happens, and then there's another trauma to deal with. It's like, yeah. shit. But, you know, life's the longest thing we're going to do, so might as well fucking do something with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That, I mean, that's one of the things that Sacred Sons has done so well for me, though, too, is, like, acknowledging that that's the case and there's always something to work on. Mm-hmm. And yet, um, like I mentioned in LT1, being pushed to, like, still go out anyway. Like, yeah. to, because it would have been easy for me, I think, to, to think that I'll, I have more to do. That was my old pattern before I got into men's work was, like, that's what I thought really is that if I read one more book, if I get one more place, then, Mm -hmm. then I'll be ready to show up in the world. Um, so yeah, that concept of like coming from a not fully healed place and still bringing what I have to the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Cam, you and I have sat and co-facilitated a few groups Mm -hmm. and I know you've been on a path uh, facilitating groups on your own also outside of the work we've done together. Uh, but Justin, was this your first uh, first group to to lead or to be part of co council of? Yeah, this wow. was my first first co facilitation, so it it felt big and like was grateful to Camo from the start for supporting me through that. And another piece that Sacred Sons is I, I love because that's part of the framework is co facilitating and always having um, someone to to support leadership even. Yeah. Well, seeing, uh, so Cam, I'll speak to you first because I've seen your path for a couple of years now, a few years now, and um, watching you grow into that space to hold the space and to mm-hmm. hold the container has been such an amazing journey to, to be proxy to. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And this most recent group that you were facilitating with Justin, I really saw a lot of that culmination of those skills that you've been working on, holding the space, challenging the emotions, um, diving deeper when people are scared, shitting me a couple times, you know, um, that's hard work, man. And that's, it's beautiful to watch you grow to that point of that's just like normal comfort level for you now. Mm -hmm. And to know that there is like, there's no ceiling to that. Like mm-hmm. you're just going to keep growing, keep getting that facilitation, keep understanding human experience. Like I'm so excited to see where this manifests for you. Mm, thank um, you. Justin, man, you did such an amazing job. Like I had no idea this was your first time holding a, holding a council like this. Um, the way that you held the space and the way that you directed was very, very confident and very mm-hmm. poignant. Um, and I could see, I could see your skills growing every session that you did. And that's such a beautiful thing to see that progression. You know, my, it's part of my past. Um, I used to build teams, corporate teams, restaurant teams from uh, salary management to hourly, hourly teams. And it's such a beautiful process to watch people grasp the knowledge and to do what they want with it. I was lucky enough to work in facilities that were, they gave us the autonomy to like kind of run the restaurants the way we wanted to, as long as we hit our numbers. Mm -hmm. And so to give that freedom to the staff also to say, Hey, this is your base knowledge. What are you going to do with it? How are you going to show up with this? And to watch you do that same thing. You have the base knowledge. Now, how does that manifest into you as a human being with your experiences, with your trials and tribulations, and to watch that confidence grow every single session, even sometimes within the session, like, okay, five minutes in there, there you are. Now you're holding this session 30 minutes later. It's like, oh shit, like that fucking confidence just jumped up there, man. Like I could see it in your eyes. It was such a beautiful process. man. Yeah. Thanks for seeing that. And it, uh, it did, it Mm -hmm. it grew from the start. Um, couple things I'm thinking like in the first call it was big for me to do things like step in and ask the rest of the council if anyone resonated with another man's share Mm. or just step in and and speak towards what someone had just shared um and then I I remember after the first call with camo we we did our debrief after and I kind of shared camo kind of called me in about um there were a couple of times on the first call when I did kind of freeze a little bit. Like I, I was kind of like, Oh, I don't know what to do. <laughs> like, I think I, I passed it one time. I, I was able to squeeze out like camo. Yeah. <laughs> camo. <laughs> and I think the other time I didn't even get that out. So it was, and then was so appreciative of camo to call me in. Like we, mm-hmm. I love that we say calling in, not calling out, but mm-hmm. camo called me in. It was like, man, I saw you freeze up a little bit there. Like, what was going on for you and like how can we work this through and for me to feel like not judged at all by camo that he was he saw me yeah which was awesome and he uh knew i was capable of more so that sparked something in me for sure was like okay i'm, I'm gonna show up more next time mm. because i, I don't want to let myself down i don't want to let camo down or the or the men in this container so um yeah. And having that openness to know that, you know, that's, it's, it's all just information. It's yeah. not, there's no emotion attached to it. There's no judgment attached to it. Mm-hmm. Just camo saying, Hey, this is what I observed. I felt that you could have maybe done something a little different, you know, yeah. and that's information for you to accept and see like, I, you know what, maybe I can do something yeah. different with curiosity that. for what, what was going on for me and, 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 um, expressing. So, so yeah. And I will say that also happens to me too. And it's like, 
Oh yeah, Justin, do you have anything to bring to this? Because I don't. Right, yes, exactly. Um, hopefully you guys could hear that whispered, because I don't. Yeah. Um, And it's such a responsive place. Like, when I, quote-unquote, dug into you a little mm-hmm. bit, it's like noticing, oh, I see a gem, an emotion, uh, something that wants to be revealed that might be being blocked, because as men especially, but I feel also in society these days, we are consistently told to not speak about these things. We're not allowed to share our emotions vulnerably with people in general. We have to be good. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Like, is that really the truth? Like, bring the truth to me. Like, let's check in. What is that? Where is that feeling in your body? Can we expand that and really allow it to be felt because as soon as we start to feel it we create that window of tolerance for that feeling to get bigger yeah so then we can handle more of that feeling when it arises outside of these sacred containers these ceremonies these initiations like these are little hubs of specifically working to find these places whether it's online or in person um the connection is still there yeah but when the, like Justin was saying near the beginning of this, it's during our daily lives when things show up, challenges, struggle, undesirable opportunities, and taking that moment and like, ooh, I'm feeling this. And I'm used to, to a certain degree, used to feeling this. I know this feeling, I guess. I have an awareness of this feeling. This feeling is xyz and i can proceed from a place of less sympathetic nervous system Mm -hmm. and more from a place of heartfelt leadership and compassion for myself and my feelings as well as a sense of love and connection for the other people involved in situation xyz yeah um so and that's hard work because that's very conscious. Like a lot of times are we, we rely on those rituals that are the patterns that our brains created. And those sometimes are very, very old patterns. So, you know, a lot of times when people step into work like this, they'll come to me and they're like, I'm so fucking tired. I'm exhausted. I'm like, yes, you are exhausted because your brain is actively working now. It's mm-hmm. not going on the lather, rinse, repeat cycle. This is a situation. Pull the file of how we deal with that situation. Insert that file and then just go ahead. That's not working anymore. Now we're going to be conscious about how I'm showing up, the words that are being received, how I'm receiving those words, the aggressive, can I hold the space in aggression mm-hmm. and not be aggressor back? You know, it's like, there's a lot that goes on in that conscious brain, <clears throat> excuse me, that does require a lot of energy that takes yeah. us to that point of exhaustion. So there's a lot that there, it is a lot of work. Like it's work for a reason. It's a four letter word, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, uh, and it's not, it's not easy, but you know, for me, once you realize something's wrong, like you can be unconscious of something, right? Let's say I've been eating sugar my entire life. I have no idea that sugar is bad for me, the amount of sugar I'm eating, blah, 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 right? But the moment that I actually go to the doctor and the doctor says, hey, dude, all that sugar intake, it's fucking killing you. It's going to cause cancer, diabetes, blah, blah, blah. Now I consciously know. I'm consciously doing something negative to my body Mm -hmm. now. That changes everything. Mm -hmm. right? That changes how you show up. That changes how it resonates, right? So when we know with a capital G that we're doing something fucking wrong to our bodies, that changes the way it, right? So once Mm -hmm. you get that information, it's yours to do with it, you know, but 
your body knows now, you mm-hmm. know, so you better start showing up in a different way or it's going to mm-hmm. really t- wreak some havoc on you. Yeah. And, and I'm thinking like, that's part of why we do these councils too, right? Is like we, we say, um, iron sharpens iron, man sharpens man. Mm. And that's because if we don't <clears throat> sharpen each other and call each other in when something's not quite right, then life's going to show us that in a much more painful way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was coming through really strong, like often from my experience, we do this alone, the lone wolf, the lone wolf. And we don't even know that these places to that are created to feel safe, to share these wounds, these battle scars that we've gone through as this solo being. And once we find that once once you found this and experienced it like we're like all in yeah showed up every week yeah you know mm-hmm. and cultivated that connection even with the other brothers outside of like the two hour windows that we created and that's where the work gets accentuated or like exponentialized i think that's the word mm-hmm. um oh. I made up a good one last ah, night. Ah, what you got? Um, I won't be able to remember it oh, right now. Um, salivation. Ah, salivation. Yeah, All right. total t- side Not tangent. <laughs> if your mouth gets dry during the breath work, put your tongue at the roof of your mouth behind the front teeth so you can find salivation. <laughs> you know what? You make up a word. You use it with confidence. If frenemy is a word in the fucking Webster Dictionary, uh, so can salivation Yeah, be. exactly. Right. I'm going to start like, using they that. We're going to catch that. Oh... <laughs> But yeah, more to the the point, um, we have to come together to do this work. Like Justin was saying, doing this work alone only goes so far. Right. And then once we start getting our reflections from our other brothers in these deep, conscious, connected spaces, then that judgment starts to get removed that we have against ourselves. We show up for the brother in compassion and love for the brother instead of competition. Right. And from that space, anything's possible. We fucking rise. And like how I've seen both of you just rise over the last six weeks, years for you and I, Adam. Like, yeah, it's beautiful. Hell so, yeah. Well, yeah. one of the things I want to talk about is um, the some of the practices that we had that we that we accomplished in our in our group. Um, but first I want to define a term because, uh, you know, sometimes we take for granted that, you know, we use these vocabulary words, people know them, people use them. It's like, you know, it's like Mercury's in retrograde. How many people have you heard use that term that actually know what the F it means? Probably like a small percentage, but it's like the new thanks Obama, like thanks Obama. Like everything's like, ah, fucking Mercury's in retrograde. Ah, everything's wrong. You know, it's like shit. We're just going to generically just blame everything, you know? So, uh, one of the words I want to define is embodiment. All right, so gentlemen, how would you define embodiment? Ooh, I have it up on the dictionary right there now. There you go, perfect. Let's get <laughs> the dictionary it up before started. and then we'll, uh, we'll dissect it. Definition of embodiment. One that embodies something. All right. <laughs> the act of embodying, the state of embodied. It's really not helpful. It doesn't help at all, though. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Next question. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Webster. Um, yeah, so... With that, you know, generic definitions for a lot of things. But what would you, what would you say? I think that? Justin tapped on it really well at the beginning of this podcast, this conversation, from his practices that he's starting to bring into a leadership role. So 
I have experienced this exercise, this healing, this process within myself, mm -hmm. this unraveling of my old beliefs into changing those neural pathways and I've done it like this and I've experienced it. My body has felt it. Mm. That I guess it's the difference between like writing the math problem out and using goldfish to do the math problem and like okay. really using the body to tangibly tangibly experience it. And I mean that's how I learned so that's why it's mm. yeah so in in that sense embodiment is the body's knowing the knowing, the gnosis in the body to then teach, share, mm. or, you know, not. Nah, that's totally up to you if you want to take it to the community. But mm. um, it's a knowing of self, really, Beautiful. ultimately. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think embodiment is the qualities that we're working on showing up in my body. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I hold myself. That's how my body responds when I'm being asked something or confronted. Uh, so a lot of the embodiment practices we do are to stretch the boundaries of what our nervous system mm -hmm. is capable of, mm -hmm. such that in, in everyday life and everyday situations, we're, we're embodying the traits like stability or strength or calmness. And those are now installed into our into our body. Mm -hmm. um, I think it also starts with awareness. Mm -hmm. um, I was thinking back to this, this was more meditation, but when I first meditated and heard the guidance to pay attention to the the thoughts and the voice, it was like whoa! Like it was it was a trippy experience yeah. to realize there's there's these thought patterns. I think it can be it's similar with the body of just being like. Actually, yeah, one of the first embodiment practices I did was with a coach, and she asked me, are you comfortable how you're sitting right now? Mm. I was like, no, I'm not. Like, I'm just, I'm kind of like slouched over, yeah. super uncomfortable. So that first piece of embodiment of just like, how, what are you embodying right now? Yeah. Are you embodying a, a strong, grounded individual who's comfortable talking on a podcast? Yeah. Or <laughs> are you embodying... How's that like, going for you? Yeah. <laughs> But I, I mean, that's kind of a cool trick too, because we can, that's the other thing of it. We start there, mm -hmm. we embody the thing we want to be, and then the mind follows. Yeah. It's almost like stepping into your humanism. Mm -hmm. It's like, I am a human. I have these skills. I'm going to show up as a human with these skills. Mm -hmm. And we talked a little bit about this on before we started, but you know, with me, I see the embodiment helping the dehumanizing kind of nature that we've just fallen into mm -hmm. as a humanity. Because when we can embody ourselves and embody the practices, like we feel that humanity. Mm -hmm. And then when we feel our own humanness, it's hard to dehumanize somebody else, right? Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's so much in our vernacular now. Like, oh, I'm, and I'll do it to myself. Oh, I'm such an idiot. I'm a piece of shit. Like I've just dehumanized myself without even like thinking twice about it. Yeah. And as soon as we don't see either ourselves or somebody else as a human, it's so easy to attack that. And, it, and just to just keep putting that pressure on and keep throwing those insults out there. You know, there's nothing that that's going to do, right? There's no need for that aggression. There's no need for that ignorance, right? A lot of times that's our own ignorance and our own aggression within ourselves. We just don't understand it, mm -hmm. right? And so when we can embody ourselves and really understand the skills and the, the things that we have as humans and things we're working on, we can also see that in others. Yeah, um, 100%. 100%. Yeah. 
on that. Um, another way of looking at embodiment that just came up while Justin was talking about the posture, and I don't know, maybe it might be redundant, is like take a moment and just begin to slouch over and feel what it feels like to be slouched over and like compressed in the front side body mm. and like looking down and the chin's tucked in and like imagine yourself walking in this way and like how does that emotionally resonate within your physical cellular structure right okay so that's this is kind of like reverse embodiment i guess like oh my my structural body is like this and it's representing this emotion yeah. i see somebody walking down the street all like hunched over and not necessarily it doesn't ring out to me like this person's having a good freaking day right this person's super confident in what they're doing and where they're walking right it's like I'm going to send that person love. Yeah. Um, whereas if you're take that deep belly breath and allow that breath to really lift you up and sit tall or walk tall shoulders back and down, yep. it feels completely different. Yep. Like now my body's like more awareness, more open hearted. Mm -hmm. And so this is another form of how embodiment can begin to be noticed. So yeah for the listener like how are you sitting right now mm -hmm. and what does that like look at that and what does that represent if you were to look at somebody sitting like that right and sometimes you know? too like when you notice those things if you just change one thing about it right like you were saying sit up straight pull your chin in, maybe invite a smile to your face right mm -hmm. a lot of times we might not feel deserving i guess maybe of that smile or that happiness but eventually the smile turns into a natural smile Right. There's this guy named Kamal Ravikant that wrote a book called um, Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends On It. Please. And uh, Right. It's such a beautiful book. Short read. Great fucking manifestation. But um, the, the practice he talks about is he found himself so just disembodied, didn't know himself, didn't love himself, had a, a big breakup he went through terrible time right and so he um, went through this big depression and one of the things that helped pull him out of it was when he would find himself negative self-talk or in that that negative guilt shame cycle that we find ourselves in if he had a mirror he'd look in the mirror but if not he would just stop close his eyes look up at the sky and say uh, inhale I love myself exhale thank you mm -hmm. you know and just do that 10 times right and he said in the beginning probably for months he was like I'm full of shit I don't fucking love myself <laughs> but he kept doing it and he kept doing it and eventually he believed it and he started crying. He's like, holy shit, I actually do love myself, you know? Mm -hmm. And so sometimes, yeah, we might not believe those things in the beginning because of whatever story we've been telling ourselves. Yeah. Like that groove gets really deep in that record needle. Mm -hmm. I'm not enough. I'm a piece of shit. I'm whatever that story is. And then when we change that groove, it might take a while for that groove to, to really sink in because this first groove has been playing on repeat for fucking years, right? And so really embodying that right and mm -hmm. just stepping into that humanity and stepping into what you feel mm -hmm. right and knowing that eventually if you're not not now there's that subconscious feeling it's like it's gonna be there yeah. it's gonna make sense yeah yeah I, I the other thing the other way i think about embodiment too is coming into connection with the information that my body is giving me mm. yeah. so bringing like I'm thinking it's in the vernacular a little bit right my gut tells me or I'm heartbroken mm -hmm. so oftentimes and for sure for me that I didn't feel that until it was so overwhelming that I was literally heartbroken and 
couldn't help but feel it in my physical body. But what we're doing is building these practices so that we connect with that a little bit more, a little bit more, so that we find a little more nuance in what information is being conveyed to us mm -hmm. so that when there's a little bit of a gut instinct of like, oh, like something's there, we can connect with that, interrogate it, and then, and then act on it instead of it being, I, I think that stuff's in the background no matter what, even if we're not aware of it. That's, yeah. It's another thing that, to your point of if you're, if you're slouched over and not aware of it, it is still impacting you. It's, mm -hmm. it's affecting your thoughts. So, yeah. And then I like the reverse embodiment practice because it, it builds that pattern recognition of like, oh, this is how I feel when I'm like this. And now every time I slouch over, I'm more likely to be aware that, oh, I, I kind of feel small. I kind of feel mm -hmm. insignificant right now. So, yeah. And Cam, the way you described that and Justin, what you described also was pretty much my 10 day experience of Vipassana. Mm. Like the people that I was around, my own personal um, mentality during that time, I was wanted to be as small as I could be. I was closed off. I was hands in my shorts or hands in my pockets. I was hunched over, trudging through the snow, meditating for 11 hours a day, just fucking just mm -hmm. dealing with that shit, you know? And it really does, you know, there's, it pulls you in, it pulls you in. Uh, so some of the practices I wanted to talk about uh, today that we use during our during our time, um, well, there's a litany of practices, um, and I can honestly say like every single one of them was very very eye opening to me. The three card meditation I think you did, Justin, mm -hmm. was beautiful. Love that. Um, I was it was funny because I was you know as a also as a facilitator in my own right, you know, I try to be in the practice, but I'm also like mentally taking notes, you know, mm -hmm. so I'm like, oh, Always. what was that thing? Yep. What was that thing? So I eventually I want to get back to you because I, I forced myself to stop trying to decipher what you were trying to get to and just be in that practice. And it was so beautiful how it kind of like coalesced at the end. Um, similar to you, Cam, with the breath work that you do, mm -hmm. you know, just like the way that you guide it, the, 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 um, the soundtracks that you use, the verbiage that you use, like it's mm -hmm. such a beautiful experience. Um, so again, like I'm trying to like take myself out of like, Oh, Adam can use this later. Or what can this be? How can I learn something from this to just being in that moment? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so we did a lot of stuff. Um, chi generator. That was a big one for me too. That really identified my mm -hmm. ego. That, mm -hmm. that, that fucking, uh, oh, that stuff that the ego likes to say. Um, so for you guys, um, how did you kind of come up with the practices you wanted to work with? And um, I know that you each have your own kind of skill set that you're working with. Mm -hmm. So did those kind of land like breath work, cam skill set, strengthen that? Or was it something like, I'd like to work towards this, so challenge me with this? Yeah, I think so. It, we, we touched on it, but bringing through practices that I had fully embodied and fully integrated. Mm -hmm. So I'm an engineer. I have an Excel spreadsheet with my practices that Good I've you. been through. Good for you. So building <laughs> a repertoire. So, and then as we went through forming the trajectory of our, of the course, um, we kind of set themes for each call that we we wanted to bring through uh, we didn't we didn't bring them s explicitly but we had them as a framework so for things like um, we wanted to bring through the warrior archetype for one of the calls and chi generator was the best one there's also ego eradicator from kundalini but Oof. chi generator from qigong 
was one that I've been through several times in a few different containers and used myself. So um, that was intended to evoke the warrior that's standing strong through difficulty. Mm. Um, the lover archetype for one was the card three meditation, which okay. we can dive into. But so, yeah, I think it comes for me from a like one step back. It's been a powerful framework for me to use of treating my life as leadership and facilitation or coaching. I use sometimes of like, I don't know if I'm going to be a coach or a facilitator for forever or for a, a dedicated, but I'll treat my life that way. Mm -hmm. And so it's helped me because each of those practices is something I have in my own toolkit for when I need to evoke that energy in myself. Um, but yeah, so, and then just having the toolkit of the practices that I feel most um, integrated in and mm -hmm. that have formed the, the most of my journey. Yeah. And I'm going to uh, riff off that real quick. Um, that toolkit idea, that's, it's, so something that didn't really resonate with me until, um, I started my own spiritual practice. Mm. So I, I grew up, you know, the God was in around and around, you know, the, the, the words and the, you know, I grew up in the South, so there's Catholics, Baptists, you know, all the, the major religions and nothing really stuck with me. And I had this really jaded idea of this God person. It's like this fucking God person. I don't know who he is. I don't know. I don't want to crawl on my knees for redemption and repentance and stuff. And I just don't like, I never resonated with this God character. And, um, and so, but when I see my dad passed away 12 years ago and I'm still in that state of like, I don't fucking care. I never gave notice to it. Never really gave any, any idea mm -hmm. to it. Dad passed away. My world fell apart. Didn't know how to handle it. Didn't know how to find any kind of peace. Didn't know how to find any kind of thing outside of a bottle, right? Bottle. And, and that was pretty much my, my answer. And so now, unfortunately, uh, my mom has cancer and, um, and you know, I'm in a, but the, the interesting thing is I'm in a better place to understand that and hold mm -hmm. space for that. And so I think what I'm trying to get to is that we don't know when we need to use our tools. Mm -hmm. We don't know when we need to use our faith or we don't know when we need to use the structure of humanity that we put into place yeah. until we fucking need it. Mm -hmm. And when we need it, there's no time to build it. Right. And so that's, I think the, the, the underlying thing for me that I've really gotten out of this group that you guys have done in my own personal healing journey is get ready, mm -hmm. get ready. Cause life's fucking crazy. Like life is going to give you a lot of what you love and life's going to give you a lot of what you don't love. And the better prepared you are to meditate when your body gets erratic, to dance your shit out. if your body gets stagnant mm -hmm. to have men around you or people around you, you can be vulnerable with. Like have that ready because life is fucking crazy. Tomorrow mm -hmm. can be way different than today was. I mean, yeah. Be ready for your practices. Be ready to lean into something that you have already. So yeah. thank you. First off, let me thank you all for, for helping us mm -hmm. to find those practices. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so uh, the card three meditation, um, do you want to kind of go into that a little bit? Justin? Yeah. Um, so card three meditation, I most recently went through with um, in a container man called the embodied King with Ian Wilkes he so what i gave was pretty directly from him he modified it from a book called getting the love you want mm. uh there's exercises in the back so i also looked at that book went through um from the source there but what the the so what we did was a guided meditation where 
I this is the aspect of the work that I, I, I feel like I'm manipulating psyches a little bit. Mm. And, and that comes again from kind of doing that work myself of like, what place am I guiding um, everyone towards? But in this case, it was connecting to inner child. Mm -hmm. So being outside of a child at home and uh, seeing in the distance a figure and then that figure is you as a child and using that emotion that that usually hits pretty strong mm. and walking through a child at home and childhood figures um, parents and other guardians so starting there again that's kind of an embodiment piece of like yeah. let's start with what's alive and stay connected to your body and let's stir that stuff up and that's a deep one i mean that's yeah. probably one of the deeper ones we guided in terms mm -hmm. of like really stirring the pot that unraveled a lot for me. Yeah. That, that one did. That one did. A, actually, I still had a, a meditation last week where I spoke to another younger version of myself. And all, all that was that thread that started pulling from that, that card three meditation mm -hmm. that she did. Just meeting yeah. that little human. You're like, oh, shit. That, that, kid's, that kid's cool. You're good. I know you're, you're confused right now, but you're fucking good, man. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, the first time I did that uh, a year or so ago in, uh, in that initiation online, um, it was a slightly different format, but same thing, seeing in the distance. And the prompt was to connect with what does that little boy look like right now? Like, is he excited to see you? Is he is he sad to see you? Mm -hmm. And for me, it was, it was pretty sad to see me. And yeah. That, that, yeah, that hits yeah. hard. So, wow. um, but yeah, in, in this practice, the card three, using that to stay embodied as we're going through that experience because it could have just been a list of questions that we answer like you know but keeping it embodied and then we moved into a, a kind of a worksheet style where we uncovered the negative and positive traits of our caretakers and mm. looked at how that um how we responded to that as kids and how that shows up today it's particularly in romantic relationships, but it shows up in, in other relationships as well as far as when someone's acting a certain way, how do I respond? Do I run away? Do I hide? Do I go quiet? And, and yeah, giving everyone a chance to connect that with who they were as a kid and yeah. see that mm -hmm. that's, that's really what in Sacred Sons and other men's work, we talk about the inner child and... Mm. Yeah, that um, the, my my first inner child meeting was right after that. The one of those uh, meditations we did either that night or the couple of days after. But I sat with that again and was like, okay, there's you know, and the, the first Adam that popped up was a little seven year old Adam, little bull cut Adam, <laughs> knee high, fucking striped socks, you know, short eighty shorts, you know, like just ready for school and missing the shit out of his dad, you know. Mm -hmm. And so we had a good conversation with that kid and just told him, you know, he's loved, he's going to be okay. It's funny because he actually morphed into an older version of myself. I was talking to him uh, when I started gaining weight and started really leaning into that awkwardness of life and just like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't even know if I should be here in life, you know, all mm -hmm. that shit. Um, so that was really powerful. And then I had a, uh, I wanted to, I've been waiting to share this with you guys. Mm -hmm. I had another one and it was just the other day after our last call, I sat down and meditated after our call and, uh, and I wasn't trying to do anything. I was just, you know, like to clear my energies after stuff like that. And, uh, and all of a sudden here's, uh, so 
that 18 year old Adam, hmm. um, out of mom's house, graduated, um, doing nefarious childlike things. Right. Um, and, and it was interesting cause like this Adam all of a sudden just popped in, right. Wearing an orange Abercrombie shirt, puka shell necklace, short bowl cut hair, you know, just total 98 kid. Right. Yeah. Right Amazing. in there. Right. And, uh, but the interesting thing was, so back then, I used to use a lot of illicit drugs recreationally, and a lot of it was like LSD or psychedelics. And so as I'm sitting there looking at this version of Adam, Adam looks up at me, that version of Adam, and just all of a sudden like gets his wide-eyed look. And I'm like, wow, you're on a lot of drugs right now. You're on a lot of drugs. I think this might have actually happened when I was on drugs. I talked to an older version of myself, and that older version of myself said, hey, dude, you're cool, man. Everything's going to work out just fine. And so it was just so amusing mm. to like think as this 40 some odd year old man that I am now entering into the psyche of this hallucinating younger Adam and actually having that be a physical thing that actually happened mm. where this older mm. version of Adam reached out to that version of Adam through space and time of chemicals combined and said, you're going to be fucking cool, man. Sit in that blue recliner, smoke your weed. 20 years from now, you're going to be understanding of what you're fucking doing in life. Mm -hmm. And that wide-eyed Adam just looked at me as I stepped away and I did like some weird thing in his face just to make him weirder. And I'm like, oh, that was, that was amazing. That was, yeah. you know, because I reached out to my old person and I have a lot of, lot of damage that I found out that that Adam has uh, to get through. Mm -hmm. uh, I used to sell drugs, used to have a nefarious lifestyle. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of shit that goes on with that. And, but it was really nice to connect with that version of Adam in almost like a shared, like a shared space. Mm -hmm. like we both know this space. Like I, I dabble in that space now, but that Adam pushed himself in that space a lot mm -hmm. when he was younger. So it was almost like we met in that space. We, we had this council and it was like that information needed to be given to that 18 year old child to, to know that 40 years from now or 20 years from now, you're going to be just fine. Mm -hmm. Weird shit, man. But I love it, you know, and that's that stuff that like I would never have even thought of doing if I hadn't been proxy to y'all and this group that we do, you know, and this work that we're doing, this vulnerability that we're creating to know that it's okay to go back and look at some of this stuff mm -hmm. and to fix some of that stuff and not just to be like, well, that happened, throw it up and I'm, I'm going to walk away yeah. and just try to forget about it. Cool. Yeah. Sorry. I just wanted to share so that well, with you guys. Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> While you were beginning that early part of that story, I was like, I wonder if that happened to him when he was 20 something and like old Adam showed up uh -huh. and you like have the memory of that. That's really <laughs> yeah. amazing. Like, oh man. It's a movie. That's yep. some like, I know. Right. Yeah. Well, midnight gospel shit. All <laughs> right. Dude. Fucking love me some midnight gospel. Um, so, uh, so Cam, let's kick it over to you, man. So, uh, you are, you've been doing breath work for a long time. I love your breath work. Um, love to watch it grow, love to watch what you're doing with it. Um, so what were some of the things that drew you to bring the practices you brought in? Relying on my strengths. Cool. Um, and there's a, there's like a level in this work of like push your edges and there's also playing to our strengths mm -hmm. like we're in a brotherhood because you know justin over here has all the excel sheets <laughs> and i have scribbles and a notepad there you go you know uh -huh. so there's a balance that we get to create through each other's strengths definitely um guiding movement guiding breath have been part of my life for like 
six years now yoga since I was 20. I'm 36. I've been guiding that for strong six years, seven years. Breath had always been a part of that. I'm, yeah. I'm somebody who you'll hear me say inhale and exhale between every pose. Yep. Because um, I find that I found that that's like the most important part. And even from when I began, I was like, the breath is the key to all of this. Um, which led me to guiding specifically breath work and some pranayama classes. Um, and so bringing those skills and knowing what the breath can do for enticing the revealing of emotions, for awakening different spaces in somebody's body and somebody's self mm. to open the doorway to more vulnerability and that kind of like in my facilitation in this type of container this men's work container is like oh i can see that mm -hmm. i see those tears rising up in you or it awakens for a brother to share how they're angry and they haven't if I'm angry and I'm holding that, well, what do I need to do to transmute that energy yeah. out of the body? I need to sacred roar. So, okay, this breath work, awaken this emotion, and now I'm here to support that brother to move that energy, to yeah. cry those tears, to yell that yell, to shake it out, um, whatever is necessary there. I actually don't really remember all of the exercises that I guided. I off like the top look. of my head, <laughs> uh, I, so I with, go with the flow. <laughs> yeah, no, but and, and we, that's I, that's you stepping into that authenticness that you have. Like you mm -hmm. have the skills, you read the room, you go with that, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, as a uh, as a yoga teacher, when I first started out, I would have very detailed notes about what I want to do, how I want to do it. I'm not going to deviate from this. Somebody comes in, says my shoulder hurts. I'm like, well, tough shit. We're doing a lot of side planks today. You know? understand but now you know again you know you've been able to embody your practice more you know yeah. you understand the information on a deeper level you've had it explained to people you've had them have mm -hmm. their inquisitive looks and be like oh, i should explain this differently yeah. you get that instant feedback to where now you can go into a room and be like what do we need cool all right mm -hmm. we're gonna do this yeah. right and that's that beautiful thing and there's nothing wrong with this the process to get there and even if you still walked in with all your notes and your fucking you know the to-do list check mark check mark this that's that mm -hmm still gonna be beautiful because that's authentic you yeah. you're, you're coming from that place where you need to be mm -hmm. um, a lot of times with that breath work for me it was it was unlocking an emotion that I wasn't aware I was allowed to express mm, yeah right I yeah. Um, I tr I've, I've tried to be a kind of a level-headed guy and I think a lot of the a lot of the times with that I've not expressed or explored that raw masculine energy and I don't know how to do it. And I, I feel guilty and I feel like I'm doing something wrong when I do. Mm -hmm. And I think that's because a lot of times it comes out in a, in a, in a negative way, because again, I don't know how to, I don't know how to use that energy mm -hmm. properly, you know? So like for a little while I'd hit a punching bag and I'd be like, mm -hmm. Oh, that felt good. You know, but then that, you know, that went away and I do yoga, do meditations, have a lot of practices, but that, the healthy practice to expel aggressive male energy is not there, was not there for me. Mm -hmm. And even though like I still have, I, you know, you guys have introduced me to practices. It's still something inside me that I feel, I feel guilty and I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm doing something wrong. 
you know. Mm-hmm. So there, and that's just deep seated shit that we got to get past. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to understand. And so, you know, you guys creating those containers for us to explore that and, and really like bounce it off each other too. It's like, man, I just experienced this and that was crazy. And I didn't think anything like that. And then you have another brother. It's like, Hey, something similar to me. It's like, Oh God, I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. Like, that felt so good. You know? Yeah. Yeah. With, um, it's, so with with breath work, with um, all the, the energy work that we're doing, all the, the kind of things, was there an overarching um, goal for the practices? Was it like to create vulnerability, create safety? You know, did you have like a plan like that going into it? For my side of it, mm-hmm. it was to uh, poke the bear, poke the so bear. to speak. There you go. Um, give challenges, challenge the brothers mm-hmm. into deepening into connection and vulnerability. Yeah. Specifically with like conscious connected breath that I guide mm-hmm. fairly weekly in this area. Um, yeah, awaken, awaken, create connection, connection to body and connection to the sensations that are there and those sensations are representing emotions and then putting voice to those emotions and then transmuting them through embodiment exercises or confrontation with a brother in a safe container that has boundaries and rules Mm. to engage like say wrestling right here's the rules we agreed to these rules and okay begin six minutes yep go um granted we didn't do that online in this (laughs) container (laughs) there Um, were people that wanted to yeah, so those are that's generally what I'm wanting to bring through as like, okay, how like can we pull you all into deepening connection? And so connection for me is like the main overarching mm. idea. And I don't know if Justin wants to expand on that a little bit. Yeah, I can't help but think being my first round, there was an element of just kind of um, holding on to the framework given to us by Sacred Sons, mm-hmm. um, the, I mean, really connecting with the practices again, that, that meant the most for me. Um, yeah, I mean, I like that creating, creating connection, creating, um, a space where, where men can experience what, what we've experienced. Yeah. One of my, uh, I think one of the biggest uh, eye openers for me, uh, for the the work that we did, um, as far as activities go, was um, the chi generator that Justin guided. You did a couple. Uh, the last session we did a, a chi exercise, but I think about three weeks before that we did a big one. Mm-hmm. And um, that one for me, I think I, I spoke a little bit about this on the on the call uh, afterwards. But for me, that one was one of the most pivotal ones for me for mm-hmm. me to understand how far I've come with the work I've done and how much that I still have to do and not in a bad way, you know, not like a spotlight, like, ah, you're still fucked up, dude. No, it's like, Oh, cool. That voice is still there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so for me, when I, when I found yoga, I pretty much just dove into yoga. Yoga made sense to me. It worked with my body. I didn't have to buy extra shit. Didn't have to wait and all this crap. I just me, my mat, I go sweat and I come home and it was beautiful. And, uh, but for me, so for the past almost 10 years, that's my physical practice and, and it's been a great practice. It's done me well and has helped me lose weight, helps me get back into shape, lower back's not shitty anymore, all this stuff. But the thing that I realized when we did the chi generator and so for, for our listeners, what we did was basically we stand with our feet about hip distance apart, a little, little wider. 
little bend of the knees to activate the legs. And then we held our hands in front of us, palms facing in, like you're, like you're hugging somebody. And then from there, we did that for like, what, five minutes, 10 minutes, something like that. And then from there, we kept the crouch and then we lifted our arms above our heads, palms facing up, little bend of the elbows, right? And so again, you're just, there's so much activation in your body. And so what I realized, as soon as my hands went above my head, my ego kicked in and was like, fuck this. This is bullshit. You don't fucking need this. You know where your energy's at. And I'm like, oh, wow, you're loud. Damn, where have you been? And then I realized like, holy shit, that's the voice inside my head during yoga. Mm-hmm. And I just, I've, I've gotten so used to it, I've kicked it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like shit talking to like, why are we holding this pose for so long? I can't believe you just did that transition to now chi generator. Like, this is stupid. Why are my hands facing the ceiling and my arms are on fire? What is this doing? I'm like, it's doing exactly what it fucking needs to do. <laughs> yeah. This is exactly why you're doing this, you know? And so it, it really... It really did put a spotlight on how strong my ego still is and how negative that uh, that perception is. Yeah. And so thank you for doing that because, mm-hmm. man, I thought I was doing pretty good on my ego stuff. And it's yeah. like, oh, hey, man. Hey, man. Still something there. Still something there. <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, I've dove in the most to Qigong and I'm still very new on that journey. But um, r- before this container, I had exited a, a dedicated container of qigong and yeah i think that's one of the reasons i connect with it so much because there's in a lot of the the forms there's very little motion going on and so it's very hard to escape from what signals your body is sending and what energy is flowing um so yeah it yeah it because for me i've experimented yeah kundalini and some Mm -hmm. others that are a lot more a lot more energy moving actively but yeah Qigong and Qi Jenner, yeah, pulls it out and, with and, stillness. Yeah, Qigong, Tai Chi, those are all practices that, that have been on my, like, okay, dude, you, you, you need to make some time for this stuff. Mm-hmm. And but So I've, I've dabbled with Tai Chi a little bit, but Qigong, that was my first experience, and that yeah. was d- amazing job, man. Yeah, thank you. And, and just to share, like, from my perspective as facilitator, there was, like, definitely some edges for me in terms of guiding that. And um, a couple examples, I had kind of... S- generally just vaguely scripted the way uh, it would go of course the forms and then what kind of guidance I'd be pushing just knowing from my own experience you know five minutes in ten minutes in what's everybody feeling Mm -hmm. um but pushing you guys was an edge for me you know like I tried to bring in a little bit of fire to the guidance as well of like keep going you got this like Mm -hmm. stick with it fight through it um so that was a bit of an edge. It's also probably one of the longer things I've guided. So there's a couple moments in it where I was like, oh, what am I going to say next? And like <laughs> yeah. staying calm through that. I mean, like, it's going to come. It's all right if there's a little silence. Exactly. Um, and it was it was received beautifully. Your your dictation, the, the coaching that you did, the way you held the space, um, the continued guidance, like it, it landed beautifully. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Very good stuff, Thank man. You. Uh, the, uh, one of the things that the practices that really landed in an interesting way with me was, um, and it was, I can honestly say whenever, uh, I think maybe Cam, you're the one that, that initiated the practice was, mm-hmm. um, if you have an issue with the way another brother has shared, mm-hmm. um, this is an open form to bring that up. And immediately I was like, Oh, Oh, wow. I've never heard that question before. Mm-hmm. And at, at first it was like, okay, where are we doing this? What's going on here? And I'm like, okay, cool. We got to, 
we got to teach people how to hold space and how to receive information and how not to just react and, you know, it's like put up your shields and start, you know, barking your shit back. Right. Loved it. Loved it. Right. The idea behind it. Um, the interesting thing for me was, uh, one of the brothers had said, um, you know, they, they have something with me and I'm like, okay, cool. Right. Let's, I'd love to explore this. You know, I think I'm in a place to where I can hold that space and, and hear what had to be said. But at the same time, there was a bit of fear. I'm like, oh shit, what did I do? Like, did I show up a wrong way? Did mm -hmm. I, did I antagonize somebody? Did I maybe, maybe why I was too distant? You know, I had just found out that my mom had cancer before I was able to really share it with everybody. So I'm like, shit, man, maybe they can see this distance that I have. Mm -hmm. And the, the brother you know, said, okay, so, and you guys facilitated this. Okay. So here are the ground rules. Here's what we want to kind of look at. Please stay safe, blah, blah, blah. And then you let, let us go. And, um, and so, and I posed myself to be ready to receive something that constructive that I can work on, which ended up being a, um, just a desire for further connection, which was so beautiful. It's, it's you know, cause I'm, I'm like not ready to, you know, I, I was, you know, in a stoic way, you know, mm -hmm. I'm not ready to pounce. I'm not ready to, to be the aggressor, but I'm also ready to like receive something potentially like negative about myself. And so to initially, you know, have that poise and then to have it soften into like, I just want to hang out. I'm like, yes, me too. I do too. <laughs> Fuck yeah, man. That's what's yeah. up. So like, that was such a cool practice to bring in. It probably didn't go the way that you guys had expected it, <laughs> but, um, but so would you be able to speak to some of the ways that that practice has gone, um, I guess more traditionally, um, than, um, uh, than what was experienced on our call? Totally. Um, yes, yes the answer is yes. Um, so a technology, a tool that we are, that we use and are given in the Sacred Sons Leadership Training One is charge clearing. So this happens when maybe one brother is triggered emotionally or upset by another brother's words or actions. Um, and this happens often, often people get triggered by other people. Oh, this person cut me off or this person's doing this, like right. for an example. Um, in this specific situation, I feel like that was more of like a golden charge. Like right. it was a little like, oh, you're, I'm just gonna speak to it a little bit. Oh, I'm feeling like disconnected from you and I want to be more connected to you. It's like, that's, Beautiful. Like, how, yeah. what am I going to facilitate yeah. here? Like, I don't know. Um, let's just let them really be in connecting for a moment. Definitely. In other situations, it can be... I, trying to keep confidentiality really poignant mm -hmm. um, because these containers are confidential so that we can really go into our depths. Um, just speak it generally. One brother has a charge, a triggered moment, an upset with another brother. And we give the opportunity, whether it's online or in person, to call each other in when those undesirable charges happen. Mm -hmm. um, this is so that we can clear that air and come back to deeper connection. And this happens... Very similarly to some of the other like inner child and shadow work that I do is 
it's a taking responsibility for the feelings that I am having. If I were to say have a charge with you, Adam, mm-hmm. I am taking responsibility based on these facts that this happened and it made this happen for me and I'm taking responsibility for these feelings by bringing it into your awareness. Right. You didn't put the dishes away. Right. And now I'm upset and angry and that happened to show up in my life when my younger sister never did the dishes or never did chores and I always had to clean up for her. And right. You know, going into these deeper processes that reconnect us into... Um. Yeah, a communion yeah. into community into wholeness as like a brotherhood rather than. Oh, this person's getting ousted because they did this. It's mm-hmm. like more of the idea of oh, this person went crazy and did this action, this action, this action, and in like indigenous ways, from my knowledge, I haven't had this happen personally or no you know um but they would bring that person into the center Mm -hmm. and give them love and help bring the spirit back Back to them because their spirit has left them Mm. so in this way it's like oh you might have done something you're not aware of let me bring this to your intention it did this for me here's why it's affecting me and is there a resolve that we can find together where you can also take responsibility for the action if necessary um would you like to expand on that because i know there's more there's more to it um but that's what i take from it as like the key element of like the healing part of the process but there's other levels yeah i'll share what's like what i love about the process and i it it starts with what you're talking about of acknowledging that the person who has charge like we're doing the clearing for that person and i loved how you shared like when you first got called in it was like what did i do wrong and I think that's so natural and normal and or happens so frequently for us. And so we're removing that mm. and saying there's there's nothing you did wrong. This is about the other brother who's bringing some charge in with you. And we're doing it in this in the name of connection. And I, I think we framed it as the energy that's present, the charge that's present is preventing you from falling, uh, showing up fully. Mm. Um, so... And then just to yeah lay out the framework a little bit, like the person who has the charge is offered to present the facts only. Mm-hmm. So as the camera sees it, what what was the action that occurred? And, and we get that out first. And then after that, we can facilitate going into emotions and judgments. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love that because it separates, you know, what happened from like, how did I respond? Mm-hmm. So right there, we're getting at like, this person didn't do anything wrong. They just did something that brought something up in you. Right. Um, and then after that, there's, we can go into projections. Mm-hmm. So um, what does this remind you of? Or what, you know, projection is a, a repressed part of myself that I put on to another person. Mm-hmm. So um one that's fairly common for me come used you know i'm a fairly quiet person at least in the past so a lot of times i've had containers where someone's talking too much or talking over me oh, yeah. so so pretty easy to see that that's charging me that i've felt like for a lot of my life that i'm not being seen or 
paid attention to or had my opportunity to share. Mm. So when another brother just speaks, just being himself, that can be charged in me that's mm -hmm. like, and then I come up with all these judgments that are like, this brother doesn't care about anyone else. Mm -hmm. He's just here to do his own thing. He's right. not paying attention to anyone else. And so this charge clearing beautifully clears all that and lets me see that's all in me. And maybe I've even projecting from middle school when I didn't get called on or no one, mm -hmm. no one talked to me as much in, in groups. Right. And so I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at this projection, which is this childhood thing that happened. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's almost it's, it's almost like it's teaching teaching people how to have healthy conversations yeah, conflict healthy yeah conflict, right yeah. you know i think we've we found ourselves in the west in a, in a place that if for some reason i i disagree with you for whatever it is like you like two percent milk i like whole milk fuck you cancel we're done <laughs> right now we can't be friends anymore we can't even coexist it's like why we can have differing opinions and and honor those differing opinions mm -hmm. and still cohabitate right. and still be people together you know um, there's, you know, that, that healthy dialogue is so lost right now, mm -hmm. you know? And so creating that space for men, especially, you know, there are a lot of times men tend to be the aggressors because we don't know what to do with our aggressive energies to teach us how to hold that space into, to be witness to somebody else's emotions, letting them fully speak and then giving you that opportunity to retort. You know, that's, that's a lost art, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot, there's a lot to that, that, so there's a lot of ignorance in the world, general, right? Ignorance because we don't know what we're talking about. Ignorance because we feel like we know what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. But when you have an ignorant statement, <clears throat> and that can be, that's perception, right? Well, I can think that what you're saying is ignorant. You can think it's the smartest thing you've said. It's perception, right? So let's say I've, somebody is saying something ignorant to me, what I feel is ignorant, and I immediately meet that with aggression. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's fucking stupid. You're an idiot. I can't believe you think that way. That person that just said the perceived ignorant statement is going to dig into that ignorance because mm -hmm. that's their knowing, right? And so when we meet ignorance with aggression, it digs in the ignorance because that's all that person knows. They're mm -hmm. holding on to that idea of their thing. And mm -hmm. a lot of times they're holding on to that because nobody's ever had giving them the opportunity to speak their full mind for them to actually feel and hear what they're saying, how they're saying it, and be like, oh, I'm fucking ignorant. Damn, that was a dumb statement, mm -hmm. right? So we learn how to hold the space. We learn how to coax the, the strongest conversation, the strongest argument that that person mm -hmm. has. Help them build that strongest argument. I think it's called strong manning mm -hmm. in, in mm -hmm. debate, right? Don't want to attack their weak argument. Give them the strongest argument that they can. And then that gives you the opportunity to fully hear them, maybe in, uh, understand something about their perception that you might not have before. And then you get that opportunity to retort. Mm. right and it's a longer conversation yep because you're not cutting each other off you're not getting emotional but it's there's so much more productivity that can come from yeah. that stuff yeah and to be able to sit in that type of a situation mm. where specifically we'll use that example mm -hmm. there are emotions that are going to come up but if you're emotionally intelligent if if i'm to develop my emotional intelligence in a way that i can know that the feeling of an emotion actually only lasts like 90 seconds. The actual sensation that rises from mm. this person saying this ignorant thing and I have anger come up because it's ignorant, that lasts 90 seconds. The rest of it's ego, it's mind, it's mind holding on to this story like, oh, that person is so ignorant. And I, then it can keep going. And so if we can 
begin to, in my opinion, if we can begin to become very aware that these are simply sensations that are coming up in the body mm-hmm. and we can breathe into them, recognize them as transient and find neutrality quicker, mm. then maybe I can listen a little bit longer, a little bit more intently and hear what is actually trying to be said from the person right. based on their feelings and then reflect that back to them. And that's a big part of this as well. Somebody shares and it's like, I see you. Mm. I hear you saying this. Yeah. Amazing. Or, you know, I have a question. Can I, can I ask a question? Are you open to that? Right. Cool. Awesome. Here's the question. Then we can start to dive deeper. So, oh, this person said something ignorant and you're like in your head, fuck that. Like, that's so stupid. Ooh, Wow, I've, that really hit me, and like I really wanted to respond in anger. Why did I want to respond in anger? Yeah. Okay, anger is just passing. What is it that I actually want to know here? Yeah. What do I want maybe them to know? Can you explain that a little bit further for me? Because I'm not exactly grasping that concept. Yeah. And maybe they get lost in their explanation. I don't know, but yeah. it's that ability to sit with each other especially when we're in a view of opposing ideas and beliefs, mm-hmm. which beliefs should just be ideas in my ideas, opinion. Right. And then they, they can change, they can move, they mm-hmm. can flow. And for me, like this last two years, two and a half years has been polarizing. Yeah. And instead of going this way or that way, I just rested in my body. Like, what does feel right for me right now? Because if I don't listen to how my body feels, does it want to embody the hunching over and like hiding? Or would this decision open me up? Right. And so going back to the body to even make decisions and coming back to our neutral space to engage. Oh, Justin, we don't see eye to eye on that interesting i really want to know more because i want to understand you because ultimately from what i've found in this work when especially when we ask oh does any other brother experience shame around how they've responded to a partner before 100 percent of us hands up oh so what are we seeking like we're all pretty much seeking love and acceptance stability general ease in life even though we know it's a struggle and finding that together if we can find the common ground oh you want the same thing as me like a family and to be loved beautiful like you might have a different idea of what that looks like but or how you'd want to live your life but can we find that we are at the essence in unity with how we live yeah a lot of commonality there yeah. And yeah, when we can really, when we can really look at and understand that, you know, we're all just doing the best we can, you know, we're all just trying to make the happiness that we can mm-hmm. keep our family safe, keep our friends happy, keep ourselves yeah. safe, you know, and when we can look at it from that lens, you can start to understand that it doesn't need to make sense to you because mm-hmm. it made sense to that person at that time. And they're doing the goddamn best they mm-hmm. can. You know, we can definitely look outside and judge and say, I would have done this differently. I can't believe they did that. Mm-hmm. Why did you wear that today? Like, fuck. 
that's probably the only thing that they had to wear. Man, mm-hmm. it's the only thing that they could find. Whatever mm-hmm. the thing is, like well, we can take our judgments out of it and just accept the human as a human. Like, and that's what you guys are doing. That's and that's again, that's I'm so excited to to be proxy to y'all and to to be witness to this because this is this is the work. This is the work to help us to become humans again and mm-hmm. to understand and to know that like we all got shit to work on. It doesn't mean we're broken. Mm-hmm. We just got to become aware of it and just start chipping away. Mm-hmm. Start chipping away at this stuff, man. Yeah, like that, I mean, that's a big one for me actually and why I resonated so much with Sacred Sons and bring this through because like we put on the banner to publicize this, all of you is welcome here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's one of Sacred Sons' taglines and it's it's powerful, especially, mm-hmm. yeah, when we feel that, that we can show up with our shame and our fear and our judgments and every and, and our joy and our successes and achievements we can show up with all of that and have it because on the on the shame side we feel like we're going to be judged on the success side we feel like we're going to be judged because we're ex- but all of that so we yeah yep yep definitely um the uh so this this container we did was online we did a zoom call um do you plan on doing more in-person stuff now that the world is open to more in-person stuff or do you uh do you like the ideas of doing the zoom calls or more you know the, the online spaces i think there's medicine in both um there's something amazing about even through the cubes of zoom calls or whatever platform you use um we could connect so we're in seattle area we could connect a brother in Oregon with a brother in Mount Vernon and two people in Kirkland with three brothers in Seattle and we could all create a depth and it can be accessible all the time because it's through this oh I can be at home I don't need to travel half an hour or two hours to meet these brothers in person right there is something very potent about some of the work that we can't do online that can only happen in person based on the physicality of what work might want to be done what wants to be revealed um so that's my feeling there's power in both um i would love to continue in both routes i know more in-person stuff is happening around here coming up but justin you want to speak to your outlook yeah i think i guess the other point to online that came up for me was just accessibility and Mm -hmm. and making it a little bit easier for someone to show up because i mean we're doing this podcast right because what is men's work and that can sound like kind of a strange concept or a confusing concept of men sitting in a circle and talking um but when you do it online, it's from the comfort of your home. Uh, worst case, you can leave the meeting if you really have to. Or, you know, there's a ease of access that, that's cool. Yeah. I'm glad we can offer that. Yeah. Um, and then with you potentially, well, going to Australia for, yeah. for a little bit of time, you know, yeah. that does open that platform up to yeah, us. Yeah, it's definitely yeah, know, kind of a logistics piece with you. what I'm continuing with, with Camo <laughs> for sure. Because that will not be possible for Camo and I to do stuff in person. Um, yeah, moving in the next couple months. So 
I mean, yeah, that's a whole thing. I, I don't know what I'll what I'll land to in Australia, but I'll definitely be seeking out community and and oh, fellow yeah. co-facilitators. So if there's opportunity to do stuff in person, I mean, that'd be another first for me. All right, I've never I've never facilitated in person either, so there'd right. be a whole. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I to- I totally agree with Camo. I think online and in person are both valuable mm. valuable offerings. Yeah, I agree. You know, as much as, uh, you know, if, if people that listen to my podcast, I talk a lot of shit about Zoom. Not a big fan of the platform, <laughs> but um, but there is, I, I do understand the, the connectivity that it brings us. Um, as a yoga teacher, you know, when we're doing Zoom classes, I have people from all over the United States in my classes now, whereas it used to just be, you know, people that were in that studio. So that the, 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 the reach is much bigger to uh, to give that comfort, that, that yeah. familiarity of, okay, I'm going to... I'm going to dip a toe in. And to be honest, I don't know if I would have gone to a six-week in-person one, right? Mm-hmm. You know, because, again, my time, blah, 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 all exactly. the things. That that would have that narrative would have taken yeah, over for me. Yeah, for me, too. If it had been a 45-minute drive each way, I don't – and I work full-time, like, I don't I don't think mm-hmm. I could have pulled it off. Yep. So this this made it accessible. And yep. it brought brought the opportunity for a lot of people yeah. to find the that. The connecting across is cool, too. I mean, the the – I've got two brothers I spent during that 12 weeks a while back, and one's in Romania and one's in Amsterdam. Oh, and right they're on. like – close as close to brothers as i have mm-hmm. um because we connected deeply through through the zoom format through the yeah. work oh yeah. yeah well what's uh what's next for you guys i know that so uh, you're you're moving to australia very yep. soon justin uh cam you're going to be in this general seattle area for a little while longer yeah um, so where where do these paths take you guys what's the next step for y'all yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sitting at the edge of uh, some amount of unknown with uh, moving to Australia. Um, it, it is awesome though. This having this community, like I've I've already connected with a Mankind Project Open Circle. Mm. Um, might even meet up with a guy during this two week trip that I'm leaving on tomorrow. So, for sure, that's going to be one of the main ways I stay. Um, connected and build community. It feels so good to be moving across the world and know that I'm going to land in a circle that will will feel instantly connected. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're, we're going to try to continue online. Mm-hmm. The, the time zone works out that we should be able to find an overlapping time that I can call in. Um, Hell yeah. So Camo and I will keep talking about putting things together. Um, well, selfishly, I support that 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, and then in Australia, I'll just be building and seeing what seeing what comes. There's Sacred Sons isn't there, but I'm I'm going to do my best to find find community, build it, and Hell yeah. see, see what happens. That's beautiful, man. Congratulations on the move, man. Thank I'm you. I'm excited to hear about what, the, what the, these next chapters are for you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Adventure. Hell yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Cam, what about you, brother? Uh, focus, focus. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've been doing a lot of planning over the last winter months and through a lot of struggle, which the Brotherhood has definitely helped keep me steady, mm-hmm. steadfast in my commitments to the work that I'm doing, whether it's men's work or breath work or yoga. And um, with this release of mandates of recently, um, Yoga studios are opening back up, so I'm expanding most likely to at least one more studio, mm. um, guiding movements, continuing to work with Sacred Sons, planning 
to support them in their retreats. And then I have a new project called Energy Alliance Project based out of Kansas City, mm. focused currently on men's work and awakening energy within the masculine um to know thyself better to grow to expand to i'll be leading the yoga and physical side portion of the work there but we're also doing a bunch of breath work um reiki trained facilitators energy um discourses and knowledge sharing and just cultivating brotherhood in different ways so this feels this project feels really good and more in that like the energies within and all around um and what i love also is that there's a contrast between sacred sons in that sacred sons feels like yes there's put our prayers up and really embodied like connection yeah so i'm really excited for both of those projects Mm -hmm. um to continue have a retreat coming up maybe in august for men also we'll just kind of take them one day at a time though um i think think the thing that excites me about y'all that just that that version of what y'all just shared is that you're stepping into some just very different demographics, right? Whole new country you're moving mm-hmm. to, Justin. Midwest, that's a whole mm-hmm. different demographic, whole different mentality than the Northwest. Yeah. You know, and so I'm really excited to follow up with you guys and to see how this, um, you know, what the men's work does mm-hmm. in those type of situations and, and some of the stories that might come from that. Um, because, you know, like there's, you know, everybody needs it. You know, mm-hmm. we all need it. We all need work, not men's work, women's work person work, human work, whatever the fuck it is, call it what you want, man. But we all got work to do. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm so, I'm so happy to know both of you and to know Mm -hmm. that there are people like y'all in this world, mass amounts of people that are trying to share this information to bring this knowledge up and to know that we all got shit to do. Mm -hmm. You know, we're all going to be having something to work on and that's nothing wrong with that. You know, finding the community that supports you, finding the, the, just the container that makes the most sense to you mm-hmm. to find that journey that you're willing to step forth on. Yeah. yeah it's beautiful stuff, man. Yeah. And we definitely have some work to do. Adam and I, yes. With our brother Ian. Yes, so we do. Yes, we do. We've been plotting a while yeah, having this. Yeah. Se- <laughs> we've planted the seed many a moons ago. And at some point, shit. yeah, we will have a, have a beautiful retreat down in Baja. Um, so definitely look forward to that hell yeah yeah brother well gentlemen uh, thank you so much for joining me today and mm. thank you for the work you're doing for yourselves for humanity for the men for everything that you guys do i love you both and i'm very very happy to be a part of your lives thank you for being part of my journey i don't mean that with any kind of like like uh cheesiness at all like i really do you guys are uh, just been an integral part mm. Thank you so much. I love you guys. Mahalo, brother. Yeah, love you thank too. Thank you too. Thanks for having me here. This was thanks for being part of mine too. Definitely. It's a good wrap too, to that yeah. six, week, seven week container. Like, yeah. oh, Close nice bow on it. There you go. <laughs> Beautiful. All right, brother. We'll Mahalo, see you brother. next time. Peace. Thank you so much for spending time with Camo, Justin, and I. Um, really love these two gentlemen and really appreciate what they're doing for humanity. 
if you like the podcast, please hit like, subscribe, or leave us a comment. And love you all so much. Obeisance. We'll see you next time.